Hello everybody, thank you once again for tuning in and joining us today at the Carifu. If you love the podcast, please rate it five star on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you listen on. And don't forget to subscribe. Last year, when I announced the creation of this podcast, I mentioned that the goal was to talk about everything African, including but not limited to what it means to be African, African governance, the struggle of African immigrants. But more importantly, I mentioned that the podcast will follow the journey of young Africans, including the diasporans, on their quest to changing the African narrative. Today with me, we have a special guest at the Carifu, Ms. Devon Owens. Devin, welcome to the Carifu and thank you so much for taking the time to share with us your experience. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So to begin, um, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, so again, my name is Devin Owens. Uh, I was born and raised here in the United States. I was actually born in Nebraska, so right literally in the center um, of the United States. Um, grew up here. Most of my family is somewhere sporadic throughout the states, but um, I've always known the United States to be home. Um, I went to university college for journalism, and I thought that I wanted to be a television reporter for a very long time um, because I've always loved to write. I've always loved to tell stories. Um, So I was in that industry for about a year and a half and figured out uh, pretty quickly that it was not for me. Um, So then I transitioned over to like nonprofit communications, and that's where I am now. Um, so I work full time at a nonprofit organization. Um, but about three years ago, I actually um, opened up my own business. So I do a lot of communications consulting on my own. Um, but outside of that, I really love to write. I love to travel. Uh, we'll talk, I'm sure, more about that a little bit later. But um, extremely family oriented, and just love learning from people and spending time. Uh, with one another. So that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Wow. Thank you very much for sharing that. Um, So you were born in Nebraska and you are passionate about communication. Um, I have been to Nebraska. Actually, I went to school in Nebraska for a while and I actually never knew what Nebraska was about until I showed up. To be honest, I didn't know where I was applying to until they told me, oh, you got admitted, come and visit, come and check us out. So, um, (laughs) Yeah, what does it feel like growing up in Nebraska? Yeah, uh, wow. I think growing up here, especially as a Black person, um, is constantly feeling like you're searching for a place to belong. Um, I, When I grew up, I went to private school uh, to start out with, uh, which would, for some people, they would consider that to be like Catholic or private school, but Um, I went to private school and I was pretty much the only black girl or person of color in my class, pretty much my entire grade school, middle school life. Um, And so it was just always, you know, sacrificing a little bit of who I am to fit in. Um, And as people Mm -hmm. and especially as children, we're we just want to be accepted. We just want to be liked. So, I mean, I, I really, really struggled with my identity, uh, for a very long time because I remember like even wearing braids to school when I was, you know, in fifth or sixth grade was this big thing because no one else in my class had hair like me or, you know, just the different like cultural things that I would do. Or, um, I think one of the 
the more defining moments in my life is when uh, we had a family tree project and uh, every, all of my classmates were able to say, you know, I'm from Germany and I'm from Greece and I'm from here and I'm from here. And I just had no idea what to write down. Wow. So being a child, I, you know, I asked my teacher, I was like, hey, <laughs> can you help me out? I'm struggling, you know, whatever I said when I was a child. Uh, and she told me to pick a country in Africa. And uh, her response is something that like still rings in my head today. And uh, she'll never understand what that did to me, but she'll also never understand like the fire that it put in me to figure out what home is because her being like, just pick a country um, is like the epitome of what privilege looks like for them and what um, was stolen from me and a lot of my friends and family. I have no, I'll never know exactly where I'm from. And uh, that's like, that's a huge part of our identity. Uh, And so I think a lot of uh, descendants of the continent, that is an experience that they may not have had an experience like that, but it's an experience that I think we walk with every day, just not knowing where are you from? Like you cannot answer that question. Yeah, that is so deep because you know, uh, unlike you, for me, it was actually a, a different shift. It was me knowing where I came from, but moving to America in a different setting, I was instead now given an identity that I actually struggled to accept. As I listen to you here, it's like um, you are struggling to uh, understand who you are. And you also mentioned that you love to travel. Was it your quest for really trying to understand who you are that pushed you to now look into the world and say, can I go out to the world and discover myself? You know, not really. It. I think a lot of it, the reason that I even got like into traveling was because of social media, um, just meeting people and deciding to take a trip by myself. Um, for the first time. But I remember I had initially signed up to go on a trip to, I don't even remember the specific country, but it was uh, right, you know, it's kind of funny because we're now we're dealing with the coronavirus. This was right around the time of like the Ebola outbreak. And so uh, this college trip that I was supposed to be going, it was either college or high school, one of the two, I can't remember. Uh, I was supposed to be going on, got canceled. And pretty much then, like after that, it was like this reoccurring thing that was like, Africa is not safe to visit. It's dangerous. Mm -hmm. There's disease. Why would you want to go there when you can go to Jamaica? You can go to the Bahamas. You can go someplace closer that's safer. Um, And so it really wasn't ever like, oh, I have to go and do it. It was just like, I know that I need to go. (laughs) Which way can I do it with like the least amount of people telling me that I can't? And uh just like really connecting with the right people is what got me there. Okay. So it is, you're trying to connect with the right people and you have this dream in you to travel to Africa. So um, was going to Africa, um, or, I mean, I, I know, especially for someone as an African, I hate using the term going to Africa because it's so big, but um, was this your first trip ever that you thought about or have had you been somewhere else and then it, you decided that, okay, I've checked this other place. Let me go check out Africa. Mm. Uh, no, I think the difference is like, I've been on a lot of vacations before. Yeah. But when I went to Africa, I really started traveling. And I think like a lot of people would assume that like vacation and travel is like 
interchangeable. But to me, like vacation is like, I'm just going, there's no significant tie. I'm going to relax all day, you know, whatever. But, um, I am very specific in saying that I like travel to the continent because it's like a quest. That sounds really dramatic, but it's like a, a it's like a journey. It's me doing something actively to get a result as opposed to like vacation is like very, you know, you're just going to hang out. And that's not oh, what I wow. do when I go to the continent. Yeah. Wow. I mean, maybe th- this is making me rethink my own travels. I, and maybe <laughs> I should, you know, reevaluate how I travel. But well, let's talk about this trip that you took. So um, where did you go to in Africa? Yeah. So my first trip was to Senegal and that was in June of 2019. And then six months later, I was in Morocco. So uh, how did you get to pick Senegal? In the beginning, you recounted your experience about how the teacher just told you, pick a country on the map, just pick Mm -hmm. one country. I mean, is this how you're able to pick Senegal? No, I um, actually one day I had just got back from a trip. I went to Amsterdam for the first time, Amsterdam, the Netherlands. Uh, It was my first solo trip. So my family was freaking out at this point. Um, My first big trip across the water and um, I was scrolling on Instagram and I came across this post from my now, I mean, she's like one of my close friends, Jakaya Brown of the traveling fro saying like, Hey, I'm hosting this trip in Senegal. You know, so many people can come. Let me know if you want to do it. Um, I cannot tell you why it resonated with me so well, but it was just like a really it was just something on my heart that said, just go for it and just try it, just do it. And um, my entire experience in Senegal, I would actually say is like extremely spiritual um, because I felt I've changed since I've been back. And so, yeah, like going was just, I'm almost willing to say that it wasn't a matter of me picking where I would go. It was like, I was called to go there first. So you had, it's like, Senegal was, you know, if I hear you correctly, it's like it was a life-changing experience for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, undoubtedly. So, I mean, can you describe what, you know, some of the things that, you know, happened in this trip that really changed, uh, really had this impact on you? Yeah, I think um, one of the hard things, and I think a lot of uh, descendants who travel to the continent for the first time struggle with this is like, how are you going to feel the first time yeah. you like step on African soil? Cause you have like all of these years and everything. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm probably, I'm a really emotional. I'm a cancer. Um, so I was just like, am I going to be emotional? What is this going to be for me? So one of the first things that I did, um, I went by myself again, this was a solo trip, but I was meeting a group of people I have never met in my life. Um, yeah. And so one of the first things we did was just like kind of get acclimated. Like they were very like intentional about like, we don't have to do something every day. You can just hang out. You can just walk through the streets. Um, So of course we went to like uh, the Renaissance monument. We went to, uh, I think at that time it was some festival or like, I think they had just finished fasting. So there was like a party that we went to. which I never had partied in my life until 5 a.m. until I went to Africa. (laughs) I did not know that was a thing. Um, But, uh, you know, we went, we went to the party. We went surfing on the beach. We went to Gore Island. Uh, You know, all of the things that you could probably Google and find as like things to do in Senegal. 
Um, but I really think like what was transformational or the meant the most to me was just like seeing people that looked like me and seeing Mm -hmm. driving down the street and seeing advertisements or billboards with like people that looked like me or, um, you know, being in a store and people not immediately knowing that I was American and like coming up to me and speaking Wolof or, you know, asking if I'm Fulani or anything like that. Like it just, I did not feel out of place. Um, obviously once I started talking, people were like, oh, okay, she's, she's probably not from here. <laughs> but, um, it was like the first time I felt like I didn't have to worry about all of the fitting in and trying to be acceptable. Like I was just like me and it was really comfortable. And, um, yeah, like just the moments of just like little things, like being in a grocery store or sitting on the beach and like watching people walk by or like watching children play. Um, it just felt very, very comfortable. It felt like it was not my first trip there, which was odd. Yeah, was. yeah that's very interesting because um, for a lot of us or so people like myself who were we're born in an African country. I think that these are things that, you know, just everybody looks like you. Um, these are, these mm. are things that don't, it, don't, it doesn't come easily to you until you're either taken out of that context. I mean, I think I shared some of my experience where I had to be removed from that context for me to look back at it and say, wow, I actually missed that. I mean, who am I? And that was a struggle for me to also like define my identity. And it's very interesting that it was not so much the touristy things that you had to do that, um, you know, had some significant impact on your life, but just the everyday activity and just seeing things that look like you or walking in and not like standing out um, per se, like, oh, everyone is like, who is this person? Um, that's really profound. So, I mean, anything else in, in this trip in Senegal, like anything else in terms of like, you know, your group that you went with um, and, you know, how did your group manage this? Like, I mean, was everybody in the group, um, were they all African-Americans or were they all, you know, were they non-black people in there? I mean, how did, how did you guys manage all of this? And what was that experience like? Yeah. So like I said, um, Jakaya, she actually is a black American who, um, I think a few years ago, she kind of quit her job, started traveling. One of her, the places that she visited was Senegal and, uh, very much like my experience, she just fell in love. It felt home. Um, she literally fell in love. She has met her husband and she's now living there. Um, and so she wanted to like open up what she now considers her home to people who may have not been to the continent before. So there were, um, I think three of us were from the States and like, again, from like very random States. So there was like Nebraska, Chicago, and I think like uh, Michigan or something very like up there and cold. Um, But then there was also a girl uh, who lived in Dubai. There was also a girl from London. These are all women, all black identifying women or African. Uh, One of the women that actually was there is from Kenya and she's been to Kenya. So this wasn't her first time on the continent. Um, But for the, uh, all the others of us, um, it was our first time. And I think what I really appreciate about Jakaya the most is because there's so many travel groups out here now. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of them do want people to have like a good time or a good experience. But like I said before, I think there's a difference between vacation 
and travel. And I think there's a lot of groups that are like travel groups, but you're really just taking a vacation. And I think what Jakaya did really well is she actually like, it was an application process to be a part of this. Like it wasn't just something, if you paid your money, you could go. Um, And so like we, like these women that I met are like my friends. Like even a year later, we talk almost, you know, every week or every so often Um, we are still connected. And I'm just like really thankful that the first time I went to the continent, it was with them. And like I said earlier, like I'm not, um, the most religious person in the world, but I do believe in like alignment. I do believe in uh, timing and purpose. And there was a reason that all of us were there at the same time, because we all, each of us took something different. Like me, I'm probably the, might be the only one out of that group. That's like, I'm ready to pack my bags and move right now to Africa or to the continent. Um, But you know, some people just needed help getting inspired to start their business or some people just needed a break from the hustle and bustle of every day. And um, yeah, I mean, it literally, the first day is always kind of like awkward, but I think the first meal that we had together, we were already crying. So we just were very, uh, we just had very kindred spirits and um, it was very easy. I could not imagine doing it. Oh, that's so, I mean, that's deep and that's profound. And uh, (laughs) I mean, I have all these questions. So one of them is, you were growing up in Nebraska and your teacher told you pick a country on the continent. Um, now you come you know, into the future, you saw on social media this trip and you decided to be part of it. When you first arrived, did you feel fulfilled? Like, oh, finally I have made it here and this my whole identity thing is whole. It's been, hmm. I have figured it out. Hmm. Wow, that's <laughs> that's an interesting one. I think it was, I kind of like to describe it as like, if you've been living in a house and there was a room in that house where the door was always locked and you just wanted to know what was behind the door, like traveling to the continent for the first time was like opening that door for me. And now I'm like exploring every corner and every window of that room in my house. Um, And so Like I said, I went to, I traveled to the continent in June, 2019, less than six months later, I was back. Um, So I pretty much promised myself that I would be there every six months until I could live there full time. Um, Because it's like once you, and I don't, I'm saying especially, especially for me, I can't speak for anybody else, but I know like once I went, I miss the way, I miss the smells I miss the feeling yeah. of like this, the sun doesn't even feel the same in the States oh, that's as true. it does. Like, it's like, I just miss being, I miss existing there. And it's something that, uh, and that's why this time of like quarantine and, uh, you know, being at home with the coronavirus is really hard because I had planned to be back there um, yeah. soon. So it's like not knowing if I'll be able to go back. I'm actually supposed to be going back again in June to be helping with that same retreat. Uh, Jakire had asked me if I would like to help, you know, bring another group of people on to that experience. So it, it's, it's like, once you go, you, you can't like unsee it. I don't know. That sounds scary, but like, you just, you just want to <laughs> yeah. keep going back. And so it was, it was, I wouldn't say it's completed me, but it has opened um, parts of me that I never knew were there before. 
So this trip, this one trip to Senegal opened these parts of you that you never knew was there before and then decided to take another trip to, to Morocco. So how was that trip? How was the second trip? Now it's not to the same country, but to a different part of Africa. How was that trip and how was that experience for you? Yeah, I mean, it just only, I've only been to two countries out of the 54. And it only took me going to two to realize that like when people say like every single country is different, they are so right. Um, I loved Morocco. It was beautiful, but it didn't like feel the same as Senegal felt. And I don't know why that is. So why was that? I don't. Yeah, I I really don't. Um, And I think it's it might largely be because, you know, being an African-American in America, in America, excuse me, um, the likelihood of my ancestors coming from Morocco is just not geographically as high as it would be if they would come from West Africa. Right. So, like, I think there's like I'm a very like knowledge person and like fact and like, yeah. It's just not. So I don't know. Um, I didn't. There were like people there that looked like me, but there were a lot of people who didn't. And I think the area that I was in was just far more touristy that it was hard for me to feel like I was having an authentic experience. Um, And so that I would almost consider to be a little bit more of a vacation because it was so touristy that I did. Um, stay closer to my Riyadh a little bit more. I didn't, I did go out and do things, but also like it's so dependent upon um, the income of tourists that there were just a lot of things I could not do simply because of like cost and time. Um, So I would love to go back to Morocco again. Uh, One of the things that I actually wanted to do before all of this Corona stuff hit was spend the entire summer just traveling throughout the continent. So I've pretty much got most things in place to make that a possibility as far as work. I mean, I bought my luggage. Um, and so now it's really just when it is safe for me to travel, but I just need more time. I don't think a lot of us have had, um, I think for lack of a better expression, that kind of a spiritual experience uh, of our own continent could be just because Mm. of familiarity with the place and the people. You've mentioned a lot of these changes that have happened to you as a result of um, your trip, your commitment to want to go back every six months and sometime in the future to likely just move there permanently. Are there other changes that happened as a result of this trip that you want to share with us? Yeah, I think um, one of the things that did change was um, how do I... I'm the first person in my family And I'll say family because I cannot name anyone else who's been to Africa. And so when I came back, there was a lot of like excitement. Like I was still on that like high of like coming back and feeling so connected. But then there's also like this really weird feeling of guilt and almost like burden that, um, you know, my grandmother who experienced segregation and experienced what it's like to live in a country that really was expressive about not liking black folks. Um, you know, my great grandparents who didn't even have a high school education, uh, you know, I can keep going and going until we get back to when our ancestors were stolen from their land and brought here. And so it was like a hard thing to like, be like, here I am, I have all this access and all this privilege. I mean, it wasn't easy to travel to Africa, but it was much easier than 
I mean, it was, these are things that like ancestors could not have, have even dreamed of. Right. Like, yeah, my great grandparents weren't talking about going to Africa. Like they were just trying to get by and just trying to, you know, do the daily hustle and bustle. So I did. I think that's something that isn't talked about a lot is like, how is it to return? And then like, it's almost like you have to assimilate back into the United States and like not be blind to the fact that you might be the only person in your family that can do this until you can financially like start paying for people to come. My parents have never been my siblings, cousins, nobody except me. Um, and that's like a really interesting thing to like, think about. For yeah. So hopefully you might take them someday. Yeah. That's the goal. Okay. So let's talk about some fun things. Um, <laughs> like, Let's. T- I mean, not that this has not been fun, but let's talk about some other fun things. Like, how did you like the food over in Senegal and even in Morocco? Yeah, I love. So, I think again, like the funny thing is, is everything about. I shouldn't say everything. A lot of the stuff, like when I was in Senegal, I would eat something, and I'm like, I've had this before. I just didn't yeah. know what the name was. So, like, you know, we have like black folks have like jambalaya. That is yeah. uh, very, very similar to a lot of like African cuisine, um, you know, fried plantains, uh, mm. hibiscus, or what is it called? I'm thinking of jamaica is what uh, Hispanic people call it, but it's uh, hibiscus tea, essentially. Yeah, the red hibiscus tea. Oh, basap. Yeah, basap. Yeah. Yeah. So like, oh, there's so many good foods. And like, that's the stuff that I like miss is like the food. I miss like driving down the street. And being able to like get, um, they're, they're like the little, like little pastries. Like they were just like fried breads that were like oh, so yeah. fresh and just like so A lot good. of street food. Mm-hmm. So such good street food. And the food was, um, I think in America, we, our food system is so disconnected. Like people think that, you know, like when you grow up, you're like, oh, this is a cow, but you don't like associate like the the dairy cow that you're going to is eventually going to be used for dairy. And then like the different type of cow that's used for meat. And like, I really like appreciate, like some people think it's kind of gross, but like yeah. seeing your food in a market, like, like a big old cow thigh just laying the there. <laughs> yeah. Just like seeing it, but it makes you appreciate like in a weird way, like I'm not vegetarian or vegan at all. I eat meat. But like, and it makes you appreciate the process of like your food and how it got yeah. there and how it was prepared. And it just tastes so good. It's just food just hits different. Yeah. That I, I, I mean, I can relate with that. Food is <laughs> everything tastes different. Even simple things like eggs just taste different. Mm, yeah. What about like the, did you have like your luxuries here in America, air condition, mm. clean drinking water? Because I know a lot of people always worry like, oh, going to the living hearts, like, you know, is there even electricity? I mean, <laughs> Yeah, like I, fortunately for me, like I'm pretty good at like making friends wherever I go. So like for this trip, we stayed in places that were very like lush boutique hotels, all air conditioning, running water. But um, I actually met someone when I was at Gore Island. And again, like things just happened the way they were supposed to. My flight to leave Senegal was actually canceled. So I had to stay like an extra two days. Um, and so I didn't have hotel accommodation. And so something just told me to like text this guy I just met and be like, Hey, my flight's canceled. So I was like (laughs) texting him and his sister and they just invited me to stay in their home. Now I never even thought like 
oh, they might not have like running water or anything. Like I just didn't think of it. And so like, as I'm in the taxi on the way to their home, I'm just noticing like the difference in the surroundings. Like it's, um, there's still like lots of structure and buildings, but um, there's a lot more people on the street. There's people like cooking outside, uh, people dancing. I just did not know what was going on. So we get to the house (laughs) and uh, we get to the house. And the first thing I realized is that there are, it's kind of like a a little terrace. There's goats outside. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, Deb, what have we got ourselves into? <laughs> so there's the goats and I'm asking them like, oh, are these your pets? Or like, are these to eat? Like, what's what's going on? <laughs> um, and so there was like a little bit like the sisters, uh, they spoke pretty good English. The parents did not speak English yeah. at all. Um, and then the guy that I had made friends with, um, he spoke uh, enough to communicate with me. So, yeah, like it was just really interesting. But like we literally like were in a place that they had running water, but it was limited. Um, the light was primarily natural light. So like there was no, uh, it was like the light was coming in. Um, a rooster woke me up in the morning. Um, (laughs) I mean, it was, it was different. I think, yeah, yeah. Like, I think this is what, if people like were to think about like what your experience in Africa would be, they probably would think about this And like, for that reason, I haven't shared, I took a lot of photos and video when I was there. Um, but I haven't shared a lot of that on social media because I think I have a responsibility to like share those stories, like very carefully. Like, I don't want to like, I don't want to give the illusion that like Africa is like all perfect, but I also don't want to add to this narrative that it's without or that it's desolate. And I was, I was able to experience both sides of, I mean, I haven't even like tapped really into like the wealth that is there. Cause I saw some houses that were insane. Uh, oh, yeah. But you know, it, it was interesting, but yeah, waking up to the goats and it was, it was like so simple. Like it was not uncomfortable. It was different, yeah. but Eventually, they did eat the goats. I did find out. (laughs) Oh, were you there when the goats were being killed? (laughs) No, no, no. They sent me pictures later. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's uh, that's true. Um, Yeah, but that's very interesting. And uh, I mean, I I think I like this story a lot because it speaks to the hospitality of a lot of our people. um, Where I I remember growing up, whenever we went to church, if there was some stranger amongst us, you know, my dad would like to like invite them home to come and like eat and feast with us and all of that. So, I mean, I like this a lot because it really speaks to, and at the core of it, we are people that are very communal and we are always willing to invite people into our home if, you know, whenever possible. And I also like the fact that you, uh, you actually stayed there. I think that it, it, it was very, it was an experience even for the folks there. I mean, I can't speak for them, but I'm sure they're very grateful because it's like this person is, you know, coming to dwell with us, stay, you know, in a little house and, you know, with all the inconvenience that that might be going on with them. But they are, you know, they, they decide to still stay with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I still talk to them. I actually got off the phone with them just before this call. So, I mean, they're definitely, um, friends and I'm, I'm glad I was able to like stay with them. It was, it was nice. I probably, honestly, when I go back, I probably will stay with them again. I don't know if it'll be for an extended period of time, maybe just a night, 
But um, yeah. it's nice having like people, like I have so many people in Senegal that like, if I, for whatever reason was like stranded or homeless, I know I have like at least five people that I could call on and that there's not yeah. a lot of places in the United States that I, yeah. that I can that's, say That's pretty good. Yeah. So one other thing, tell us, um, did you get any marriage proposals? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> I think that was also like something that was different, you know, being a black woman in the middle of Nebraska, like it's kind of like not dating is very easy because it, it feels like nobody is um, looking for me. That sounds so melodramatic, but it kind of is the experience like in a state like Nebraska, either you get married after college um, or you you know, you kind of operate in small circles. And I think the funny thing is a lot of people do not know where I live. Um, so this podcast yeah. is revealing a little bit of that, but I travel <laughs> um, so often and I'm pretty private about, you know, some things about my life that there's people that literally have no clue where I live. Uh, I have people that will message me, Oh, are you still in the Netherlands? Are you still here? Um, and so just being here is I'm not here enough, honestly, to even maintain a relationship, but I definitely did get some uh, marriage proposals. Um, the The guy that I met at Gory Island, I'm pretty sure he would love to marry me. Um, <laughs> and so it's it's funny. It's it's very flattering. It's very sweet. But you never know. My, my friend. Yeah, Jakai, that's true. You never her. know. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of these African guys are so direct. They see oh, you yeah. the first day and they want to make you their wife. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, you don't even know me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, it, it seems like overall you had a very good experience. I just want to give you an opportunity here for others who might be thinking of maybe doing something similar to what you did. How can they go about doing it? Or is it something that's no longer offered? Yeah. Um, you know, the unfortunate part is a lot of things I think are up in the yeah. air because of the coronavirus, right? Like we don't know. It's April. This retreat was scheduled, I believe, to happen June 3rd. Um, so we're getting kind of tight on time. I There has been no official word that it's been canceled. But um, if you'd like to learn any more information, you can uh, go to the Traveling Fro dot com or um, even connect with her on Instagram at traveling fro and she if you honestly if you message her she's the sweetest person in the world she'll be more than glad to help you uh, you're more than welcome to reach out to me um, days with Dev on Instagram for those who maybe don't want to go on a group trip or maybe aren't a woman um, another good way to go is just to find people who've already been um, honestly. Uh, one of the things that I've been thinking about doing is the next time I go, just like saying to people like, hey, I plan to go um, yeah. and going from there. Yeah, that's good. So everyone, um, you can check out the links Devin just said if you want to experience some of what she has shared on this uh uh, podcast uh, today. Um, one more question for you, or maybe uh, two more questions for you. Um, you mentioned that you love to travel. Uh, I know this might be hard for you, but what has been your favorite destination so far? I hope it's Senegal. <laughs> <laughs> it honestly, it probably is. Um, it, it's my favorite because it was the most like it. It was the springboard for so many other things. Like my business is better because I was in Senegal. My understanding of myself is better. 
Uh, I have great friends and relationships. So, I mean, it was just such a fruitful trip for me. So it's my favorite thus far. I still have 52 more countries to visit. We know now we are dealing with the coronavirus. Uh, you mentioned you have some future travel plans, but they are not up in the air because of that. Uh, but once the virus is over, what are your future travel plans? Yeah. Um, so I was actually supposed to be traveling to Mumbai, India, the last week of March. Um, so I was not able to do that. Uh, so the future would definitely be going there. Um, I wanted to actually go for a holy festival. Uh, wasn't able to do that. Um, but of course, returning to Senegal, um, I really would like to go uh, to Tanzania. Uh, the cool thing about my trip to Senegal in 2019 was I was actually able to celebrate my birthday on the continent. So I turned 25. Um, and I think that's a pretty milestone yeah. birthday for a lot of people. So there's just like so much significance around um, around that time of my life. Um, so I'm just kind of trying to decide where can I go next to top that, uh, for my birthday. But like I said, I think I would love to visit Tanzania, Kenya. Um, it's all really dependent on what this coronavirus does. Um, I'm not really too concerned about being in the continent. Uh, I think it's the getting there and also just being, you know, mindful of my own health, you know, making sure that I'm healthy and not spreading anything around. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think that that's why we are staying at home is to be more mindful about I know the, our health mm-hmm. and also the health of others around us. Okay, so Devin, you had a great experience. You had a phenomenal, um, you know, life-changing experience as you took this trip to Senegal. Um, and now um, I just want to you know, hear your thoughts, what advice you might have for somebody who might be likely in the same place that you were two years back. They are struggling. They are thinking about, should I take a solo trip? Should I even go? I mean, what advice do you have for somebody who is struggling to just step out and just take that leap of faith and travel to an African country? Yeah, well, I think you you said it. It's um, just stepping out and taking that leap of faith. Uh, but I also think that if it's going to happen, it's going to happen the way it's supposed to. Um, Like I said, I did not plan to go to Senegal. I was literally on Instagram uh, scrolling mindlessly like all of us probably do already and just came across the right thing at the right time. And uh, so what, in addition to like just being ready to tape the leap and doing it, um, I also really encourage people to just be open to what it could be. Um, You know, if, if I would have, you know, gone another trip or done anything, anything could have happened. I could have not had a good experience. I could have been, you know, turned off from traveling anything. Um, so I just really encourage people just to be open and to be receptive to the messages and the things that are around them. Cause you never know like what, uh, the universe, the direction that it might be trying to point you in. Up 
Thank you, Devon, for joining me at the Carifu and for sharing with us your journey so far. I really enjoyed our conversation and I wish you the best in all of your future travels. Thank you. Everyone, I hope that you've enjoyed our conversation and have hopefully been inspired to take the next step in understanding who you are. For Devon, part of that came through traveling and now she's exploring every aspect of it. My challenge to you all is to look at this quarantine time not as a slowdown but more like an incubation period to start discovering who you are if you haven't already done so. Until next time, thank you for joining us at the Carifu. Africa,